Hey everyone, welcome to the Within Her Soul podcast. I'm Jordan. And I'm Sydney. And we are two Jesus-loving women who have a lot to say about living as Christians in this modern day world. We deep dive into tough to talk about topics that we know you're battling with. We expose all things relationships, soul care, sex, healing from your past, and more. We give practical advice in these areas, but also share comedic stories of our own lessons learned and normalize what being a Christian woman in today's society is really like. So buckle up, friend. It's going to get real, real quick. Welcome back to the Within Her Soul podcast. We are seriously so excited you're here this week because if you hadn't heard last week, I shared my testimony. And this week we are going through Sid's testimony and hers is incredible. It really is so relatable to a lot of women these days. And so she's going to be sharing, you know, on her insecurities, which led really to anxiety and depression and just how living in the ways of the world really just caused some, some mental problems in her life. And so I'm super excited to hear her testimony and I'm super excited for you guys to hear it as well and just how she found Jesus along the way. Well, so I'll be honest, I'm going to go deep with this. I'm not going to sugarcoat things, you know, um, in our different podcast episodes, I mentioned pieces of my testimony um, and just in everyday conversations, you know, I'll share a little tidbit every here and there just because it's a part of my daily conversations, but I feel like this is the time that I have now to actually like get down to the nitty gritty and like kind of give you all the rough details of how bad things actually were for me, you know, mentally before I came to know Jesus. So really, I'm just going to start at the top. Yeah. So I grew up in a Christian home and my parents taught me about the Lord, like prayed with me, all the things like I always knew who Jesus was, but I won't say that I had like a personal one-on-one relationship with him. And I'll just say, you know, growing up, like I was always this fun, outgoing kid, like just full of life, vibrant, you know, always the life of the party type attitude. And I think really when I started going downhill, like mentally, and just as far as like my identity and things is when I started experiencing a lot of bullying in middle school and high school, I, you know, I mean, I still, <laughs> still have some uh, trauma wounds that the Lord is healing, you know, from that, just the, the severe bullying that I faced when I was younger. And so I think what, what really happened is I, didn't know who I was. I was so insecure because of the bullying. And, and I'm not saying that to like put, you know, put the things that I did on other people. (laughs) Um, It's just that we live in a fallen world and things happen and that's just the way it is. But, you know, because of all the bullying and all that, I didn't know who I was. I was constantly conforming into who I thought other people wanted me to be. And, you know, I just was made fun of a lot when I was younger. I dealt with a lot of drama in high school. It was just, it was bad. And, you know, I think like in our twenties and thirties and stuff, like we look back and we're like, oh yeah, that's just high school drama. But like when you're in that stage of life, like that is your reality, you know? And so I had some really, really hard years and that kind of pushed me to the point where I, because I didn't really feel accepted around many people, I would just hang out with whoever I did feel like accepted me. And I had no standards for who I really hung out with. And I don't say that in an ugly or condescending way, but I mean, like I hung out with people who were partying and drinking and didn't really care about much of anything because that's where I felt like I was accepted. That's where I felt like I could just be myself because they didn't care. So I didn't have to care. You know, I could just be whatever. And so I just really had like no sense of identity whatsoever, did not know who I was, like probably couldn't have tell you, told you what I liked, what I didn't like, 
did not know how to take care of myself really, especially once I got out of, um, I grew up like cheer and cheer and dance and theater. And once I got out of that, after my freshman year, I really got even more into the partying and like hanging out with that group of people. And so that's just when things really, I feel like started going downhill. You know, I got into all the partying at a very young age. And, you know, that really, because your brain is literally not done forming, you know, <laughs> at in your teenage years. Um, I mean, I'm not a scientist, like I'm not going <laughs> to pretend to know the science behind it, but like, there's a reason that you're supposed to be 21 years old to drink. Um, and the damage that it did to my brain, like it is so it's crazy to think back on. It caused so much anxiety and depression to the point where, I mean, honestly, I'll just be honest. Like I remember we were at the beach one year and me and my friend had gone out and we're sneaking around and partying and all this. The next day I had a panic, my first panic attack. And it was so, so awful. It, and it, I mean, it literally lasted like several weeks. It's completely sent me into this demonic depression. And I truly had voices speaking to me, like demons speaking to me, telling me to jump off the balcony at the beach. You know, I I constantly was having these crazy thoughts. Like, what if I go crazy? What if I, what if I commit suicide? What if I do like, it was awful, awful, you know, and I share those details just to like, tell you how, how bad it was. And so, you know, that, that depression, that anxiety, it really just lasted for years. Um, honestly, probably 10 years. And that of course caused even more insecurity. And when you're an insecure young woman, you go for men who probably don't treat you the best, you know, aren't really the ones that you need to be dating. And so I went through all of that and it was just bad. I just, I did not know who Sydney was. I had completely lost that. And it's like I said, you know, when I was little, I was younger. I, I had that, like I had that light, I had that vibrancy. And then I went through just this dark time. Um, and like me and my mom have even talked about it and, and she, you know, completely saw the change too. And of course now I'm back to, because of Jesus, I'm back to how I was when I'm back to how I was when I was a kid, you know, I'm just I act like a kid now again. No, I'm kidding. But, um, you know, I have that life back, but I'll get into that in a second. But, you know, I really, it was just, it was so, so bad. And the fear, the constant anxiety, the social anxiety, like I just remember like going into school and like constantly feeling like everyone was staring at me and like, I didn't know what to say. I didn't know how to talk. Like I just, it was bad. I'll just leave it at that. And, um, my mom would, you know, she would write prayers for me and she would like teach me how to pray scripture. And I remember like, I have this one prayer. I literally still have it. And I I swear I prayed this prayer for like 10 years, every single day. Um, it was like this whole page. It was like front and back covered in just like declarations over myself, like second Timothy one, seven, God has not given me a spirit of fear or timidity, but of power, love and a sound mind. And so like in the prayer, she would write all these different scriptures for me to speak out loud over myself. And we just did a podcast two weeks ago on, um, the power of the tongue. And it is so true when we are declaring these scriptures over ourselves. that the scriptural truth, the word of God I just believe the enemy has to flee, you know, um, because he already knows that he's been defeated. And so that's what my mom was teaching me to do. She was teaching me how to pray and she was teaching me how to declare scriptures over myself. And, um, you know, as I prayed and I know she was praying for me over the years, the Lord really started bringing, um, some Christ-like examples into my life and people that, you know, just women that I saw that I was like, you know what, like, they don't have to party to have fun. Like, look at them. Like they're just, you know, they're themselves. Like they don't have to go out and go drinking and all this stuff. 
to be accepted. And I just remember being like, you know what? I want that. And I mean, what I'm telling y'all, this is like over a span of like years, but the more that I prayed, I feel like God really just did start bringing those examples into my life. And, you know, at this point, like I'm, I'm probably talking here at like my early, early twenties, like 2021, I still had not been saved. I still had not like actually given my life to Jesus. I grew up, like I said, knowing about him, but I had never like made that commitment. Like, Lord, here's my life. You are my savior. I want to live for you. And so what actually ended up happening was, um, I was at a party one night, (laughs) go figure. And God will use whatever situation you're in for his good. But I was actually at a party and a friend, we got to talking about church and I was like, you know, I really want to get involved in a good church. Like I'd been going to a church, you know, for a few years, but I just, I just went on Sundays. Like I never got involved in anything. Um, didn't really know anyone. And I just remember being like, you know, I really want to get like involved in like a church that has like younger people that I can meet and hang out with and like do things that don't involve partying that are fun, (laughs) you know? So this, this friend, Lindsay, she actually invited me to church and I ended up going. And I remember at this point in my life, I was single. And I remember being like, I can't believe I'm about to go to church all by myself. Like how nerve wracking, but I just like made myself do it. Like, and I can't even say I made myself like, obviously the boldness of the Lord, like rose up in me. And he just gave me the courage to start getting involved at this church and like putting myself out there. And I got involved with the teenagers and like serving with the teenagers on Wednesday nights. I'll be honest. Like I still remember that social anxiety feeling of like, oh my gosh, like I don't know anybody. I look like an idiot, like da da da. But I just kept going. I kept going. I kept serving. I kept getting involved. And actually, so when I got saved, it was like the first weekend that I had gone to help with the teenagers. So I had gone actually for like a weekend, what do you call it? I don't know, like a weekend thing for uh, teenagers. What do you call it? A retreat. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I remember like at this point I still hadn't been like actually saved. Like I still hadn't given my life to the Lord. I was still kind of just living however I wanted. And I remember the pastor, you know, the sermon he was giving to the teenagers that I was there, you know, supposed to be helping the teenagers. I remember him saying, um, you know, if you truly want to live for the Lord, you can't live with, with closed fists, like all these things, these sins, you know, whatever it may be, alcohol, you know, whatever it may be for you, sex, whatever. Um, you can't be holding on to those things so tightly, but like trying to live for Christ at the same time, like you've got to live with open palms, open your hands and just let the Lord take it from you. And, um, you know, at that point I had really been like struggling with like wanting to be all in for the Lord, but also just like still having that wild streak in me. And, um, at that moment I was like, Lord, I give this to you. Like, I need you. I can't do this on my own anymore. Like the anxiety, all of this is, is awful. I need you. And I can't, you know, I can't, um, I can't seek you just for your hand not for your face. Like I can't seek you just so that you help me but yet I'm going and doing all these things that are contradicting what I, what I want, you know? And so I ended up getting saved and got baptized. And honestly, like from there that it's, it's been a road up. Like, I'm not going to say that life is perfect, obviously, but, um, I guess I was like 22 at that point. And really like ever since then, you know, I stayed involved in the church and just like really digging into his word. And I was single for several years. The Lord had given me the courage and the strength to get out of several year relationship that I did not need to be in. And so I was single for several, several years. And I really 
honestly just used my single years to get close to God. And I'm so thankful for the time that he gave me. Like, I remember being single and being like, gosh, I want this to be over, like crying, like, Lord, I want to meet my future husband all the time. But I'm so glad looking back that I had this time, you know, for it to just be me and God, because I got to know him in a way that I don't know, I ever really truly would have taken the time to get to know him had I not been given that time of wilderness, quote unquote, singleness. And so it is 100% only the Lord that has brought me out of all that anxiety, depression over the years. He has really just made me very bold in who I am, very confident in who I am. Do I have insecurities every here and there? Of course, everyone does. We're human. But for the most part, I will say like, I truly feel very confident in myself now. And I was 1000% not (laughs) back in the day. It's just honestly a day and night difference. And it is only by the grace of God that I met my husband. He was 100% prayed into my life. Um, God, he's just done so much. He's done so much in my life and more than like anything he can give me, just like having the peace and the hope that I have now, like even through COVID, like all of COVID, you know, I was never fearful. I was never afraid. Like, I don't know, even with like how crazy the world is now and all the political things. And I just never fear. And I feel like that's, that's abnormal, you know, like that has to be the Holy spirit inside of me, you know? And, um, well, you've prayed that prayer for a decade now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And like, you know, when things happen, like, I feel like people ask, like, are you stressed about it? Are you worried about it? And like, of course I stress about things sometimes like everyone does, but for the most part, I'm just like, eh, like, I'm just going to live in today. Like God's going to take, he'll take care of it. Like I really, truly do feel like that now. There's just, there's no other explanation besides, you know, the Lord. <laughs> yeah, no, that's so good. And something you just said that I love, and I think this is like such a good phrasing for anyone that finds Jesus. You said night and day difference. Mm-hmm. And that's literally what it's like to f- truly find Jesus. Like yeah. when you hear people's testimonies and you hear about who they are now versus who they were, it's night and day difference. And if there's not a night and day difference, that means they're still headed there because yeah. I remember living in that in between where I, there really was no difference between Sunday Jordan and Monday, Jordan, you know, there was, I was the same part. I was showing up to church, but I was doing the same things every single day, you know, and there's that, and that didn't make sense now that I think about it out loud, not Sunday, Jordan and Monday, Jordan, there was a difference. I was acting a certain way on Sunday than I was on Monday and then realizing that the Holy spirit was tugging at me. And I can see even with your testimony, like he was tugging at your heart and now comparative to who you used to be to who you are yeah. now night and day thousand percent you know yes. and when you when you mentioned like tugging at my heart that is the perfect way to say it because I remember like as I was approaching like being saved those last few years of like party hardy and y'all when I say party heart like I'm talking like I was partying out and out all night long to 3am bar hopping, smoking, like doing all the things. I'm not against having a glass of wine. Like that's not what I'm talking about. I still do that now, but like, I'm talking like it was hardcore doing stuff. I did not need to be doing. Getting and, wasted. Um, do what? Like getting wasted. Absolutely. Yes. I was never like into drugs really. I mean, I, I definitely like smoked some weed, which is not you know, good in my opinion either, but yeah, it was, it was mostly just getting wasted all weekend, every weekend. And that is just, Oh, no way to live. But what I was going to say is 
it got to the point where I did start to feel convicted over it. Like when I first started it, I didn't feel convicted. I was just like, woohoo, let's do it again tomorrow. Like, but I did start to feel like, oh, this just feels gross. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's the word I, I used to explain it. Like I felt gross. I felt there's got to be more, like there's got to be a, you know, a better way. And you and know, that, that was the Holy spirit tugging at my heart. Yeah. And you know, it kind of makes me think about how we're children, like in high school, I was now that I'm almost 30, I feel like I can call myself a child back then. Yeah. I, I would have been very annoyed by that statement whenever I was 16, 17, but we're still children in that, in that season of our life. And it's interesting how really Satan is going after that, that era, because all of those things are quote unquote, normal sex, yes. drugs, alcohol, partying, yeah. YOLO, live your life. It's going to be great. This is your time to live this way. It's just for college. Then you can grow up. Then you can go live the responsible life. Be irresponsible now. I am telling you guys this because that's where I was at too. It's like, I thought it would just be for a season. Like I thought it would just be for the high school years. I thought it would be just for my college years, but those things, Satan knows that if he can get you, then he can ruin your whole life. That's why you see these kids getting DUIs and you know, even worse things happen to them mm-hmm. and it affects them for the rest of their lives. And that's why we share our testimonies with you guys and hearing even Sid's just, you know, some of you guys might be like, oh yeah, I partied. It's fine. But it, there's lifelong effects that can happen. Like suicidal thoughts. Yeah. Suicide is happening all the time. And it's typically with people who are under the influence of some sort. And it doesn't, that doesn't mean alcohol and drugs that could be under the influence of anything that they're trying to fill voids in their life outside of Jesus. And so it's just so crucial that even if you're feeling this way, even if you're outside of high school, you know, my story didn't happen until I was in my mid twenties, late twenties, really, you know, and Sid was in her early twenties. Like the faster you can recognize these demons in your life, truly and get rid of them as quickly as possible. Just eliminate them. You have the power of Jesus within you. All you have to do is ask truly. And it's in you already. We're born in the righteousness of Christ. We just have to, we just have to ask and accept him, you know? And so it's just, it's sad how he comes after us at such a young age, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, and, and, you know, to your point, just a second ago, like you've got to get rid of those demons. Like, yes, you, you pray over it. You rebuke them. You take authority over that unclean spirit and you cast it out because that is what it is. And we talk about this all the time. You've got to live as if you can see the spiritual world because it is there. It's just a fact. And, um, hold on. There's a thought I was, Oh, I was going to say, you know, so take that like spiritual approach to it, whatever it is, maybe you're addicted to pornography. Maybe you're addicted to, um, I don't know. I think, huh? Food Food. and eating, you know, whatever it is, but I will tell you in order to overcome one addiction or one idol, you've got to replace that, that gap, that time, that void with something else. So if you're trying to, you know, quit binge eating, you're going to have to go like spend that time in the word instead, you know, you're, if you're trying to quit drinking every weekend, 
go get involved in like your church youth group or whatever instead. You can't, because if that, if that time is just void, you're going to sit there and you're going to be thinking about that sin or that idol, that thing that, that has somewhat of a hold on you. And so you can't quit one habit without replacing it with something else. Right. Um, But, and you also said something that brought this up, you know, I don't know if any girls like at college age or younger listen to our podcast, but I will say like, I'm not one to live with like regret because the Lord's already washed all that away. Like I, you know, I'm a new creation in Christ. 100% believe that I'm someone that looks the future and we're going, you know, walking with Jesus into the future. But I will say when I look back, like, yeah, I do wish that my high school years had been filled with going and enjoying football games on Friday nights and, you know, just hanging out and just like being young slumber parties with my girlfriends instead of the things that it was filled with. I do wish that, you know, I could go back and instead of party hardying all weekend at bars and, you know, Bill street and all this stuff through my college years that I had gone and like gone to college and gotten involved in some, you know, I, I don't know, not necessarily a sorority because there's plenty of partying and sororities too, but like, I don't know, just different stuff that wasn't all about partying because the time goes by and it's like, That's you have. It's, it's like the Carrie Underwood song. I don't want to spend my life wasted. Like yeah. literally it just goes by and it's just gone. And you really don't, you're not making good memories that like you're going to cherish, you know, but if I were able to look back and be like, yeah, I was involved in college and I went to football games and hung out with people and, you know, did this and this and this and was involved in church. Like those would be sweet memories that I would get to look back on, but I don't have that because I chose to do something different every weekend. And a lot of that was triggered. Most of that was triggered from my insecurity and feeling like I couldn't be myself, you know, not in those atmospheres. And what's, what would have been the solution to that? Having Jesus, a personal one-on-one relationship with Jesus. So I would have known who I was. So I would have known Sydney, you are so much more than being the girl that makes everyone laugh when you're wasted. You're so much more than the girl that gets everyone to funnel beers. You're Mm. so much more you know, then all these things that like I put my identity in back in the day and I won't even get started on, you know, my identity shifted from that to all of a sudden, you know, my early twenties, I started with a network marketing company and saw success very, very quickly. And I was still partying at the time, by the way, but my identity kind of shifted from that to, Oh, I'm the girl that makes all the money. Like, look at me. I have money going on all the trips paying for the hotel rooms, paying for everybody's dinner, like flashy cars and purses and this and this and this. And so then my identities in that, I still wasn't whole. I still felt empty inside. I still felt like I didn't really know who I was. And so it wasn't until, I guess, how long has it been now? Five years since I left network marketing? Yeah. Probably something like that, that the Lord made it very clear to me that, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with network marketing or success. Like I'm, Hey, go get them girl. You know, yeah. <laughs> I, I think success is great as long as the Lord is the center of it. Yeah. But for me, it happened to me at such a young age that I created my identity around it. And when the Lord told me to step away from that, I did not know who I was. I had no freaking clue. And that was about the same time that, you know, I was single and that's when I really started like diving into the word and really learning who I was in God. And I ended up going through a ministry Institute for nine months. That was life-changing. It's called downline. If you want to look it up, I think they offer like online, I think they offer an online program 
Instagram. It's amazing. You know, and I just had all these different people pour into me and, and teach me who I am in the Lord and just about his word and his goodness and his grace, you know, like his forgiveness. Like I don't have to be shameful of the things that I've done in the past. Still today, I mess up every now and then I'll drink too much and I'll wake up the next day. I'll be like, Oh, I shouldn't have had that last glass of wine, you know? And I'll start to like beat myself up. And then it's like the Holy spirit says, Sydney, this has been washed away. Like just lean on me to, to help you not to sin next time, you know? And so I don't know. I've just, I've learned so much about the Lord and it's, it's truly night and day difference. Like we said earlier. Well, and I want to add this point too. You're talking about regret. And I do think, and I, Someone might come at me and tell me this is wrong. They say don't live with regrets, but I also sometimes wonder if that's Satan to like justify our sin, because like we really think about it. Now, I do think there's some things with regret, quote unquote, that is it was actually God's will for our life. And like we there's that fine line. But if you really think about it, like I could say one thousand percent that I regret the sexual sin that I was in. Now, it has led me. Here's the thing. Let me rewind that a little bit. God turns our, what Satan uses for evil for good. So God actually takes that regret and turns it into restoration and revival and like be, and be able to help people find Christ because he's a good God, because he's a good father. But I actually agree with you when you say like, you know, you do regret those times because you missed out on honestly, what could have God used us for in that time, you know, but we were so caught up in the world and, and of sin, you know, we weren't able to really, I know that was not God's calling on our life. You know, I'm not, I can't sit here and say, God wanted me to go sleep with half the town. He didn't, that is not his calling for my life. Yeah. He didn't want you funneling beers and, you know, at bars till 2am, like we like to say, oh, you know, I'm not saying like, as then me and Sid, but just in general, we like to just kind of be like, oh, it's fine. It's in the past. Can't change it. But at the same time, I think there is some wisdom that comes from looking at our past and saying that should have not been done, you know, and I think that's okay. You know, we can't go back. We now one thing said, said that was so good. It is already washed away. There is no condemnation in this. And I think that is one thing that I am so grateful for. And I just pray every day in thankfulness that I don't have to carry the weight of all of those sins I've created, you know, or have done in my life. But it is, I think it is wise to see the areas of our life where it was not from the Holy Spirit and not from God and say, I don't want that because that is what's going to keep Satan away from you. And it's going to keep your armor up whenever he does try and come back at you. Because I will say, whenever I was struggling, and I'm going to go into this just a little bit and you might be able to tie into this too. Whenever I justified my, my sex life in my twenties and said, Oh, you know, it was just because that's what we do when we're that age. Mm. Satan came at me and used my exact words on me as a 25 year old dating for the first time and saying, Oh, well, you have to figure out if you like it with them before you cut it off. Mm. He used my same verbiage. You know what I mean? So it's just a reminder that like, be careful. What we say out loud, because he can use that right back at us. Power of the tongue episode. So good. But I always kind of get that feeling when we say regrets and things like that. And I'm like, no, I do have regrets. I really do. And it's, but that's because I've been moved by the Holy Spirit now. Mm-hmm. Like I've seen what the Holy Spirit and what this life is. And I'm like, how could I have ever wanted anything different? You yeah. know? Yeah. So maybe regret's not even the right word, but it's just, yeah. a, it's a discernment now where I'm like, I can't justify that life. I can't. 
I can't justify it on my age. I can't justify it on really anything other than that was my choice. And thank goodness we have a good father who turns those things into good for other people. A thousand percent. And if you're someone listening to this, who you have a past of things that you're not proud of, or you're currently living in a life that, you know, maybe has some aspects that you're not proud of. Let the Lord use that for good. Yes. Turn to him and just say, Lord, I struggle with this. Be honest with him first. Just say, Lord, I struggle with this and I need your help. I can't do this on my own. We can't. You cannot overcome. We live in a fallen world. You are a human. You can't overcome sin on your own. It is a spiritual battle and you need a spiritual being, Jesus, to fight for you. And just turn to him and say, Lord, use this for good. And then go and use your story to encourage someone else to to conquer that sin, to move past that. That's good. Yeah. I feel like there's so much more I want to share now. I feel like we could talk on this forever. I mean, really, at the end of the day, it's that our trials and our things that we go through really do become our testimonies. And I think it's just asking yourself when you're really ready and if you can commit to just submitting that to the Lord. Because I will say a lot of the times that I struggled in my sin was because I didn't want to give it up. I was still living in my earthly wants and my thinking that that was fulfilling me, like thinking that sex, since it felt good and it made me feel good, that if I took it away, I would feel bad. But that was the lie of the enemy that when in reality, when I took away sex, it actually, my life got better. My self-worth got better. I know pleasure will be so much better once I can have that again. And, and the, unity of marriage. And so I just think it's really asking ourselves, are we willing to give up what we think is good for us and having that faith in in Jesus, knowing that what he has and his promises for us are so much better. Yeah. Yeah. You just got to trust him. Like you've got to trust that he knows what's best for you. Like, I feel like I've said this in so many episodes, but I had to learn that, you know, it's not in his word because he wants us to not have fun. It's not in his word because he doesn't want you to, you know, enjoy set or whatever. Like, no, he does, but he wants you to enjoy it inside a sacred, holy covenant between just you and your husband, because he knows that that's the healthiest way to go about it physically, emotionally, spiritually. And, you know, I feel like the Lord just brought this up. Um, something that happened to me, something that happened to me, and this is just an example of him telling us these things for our own good is I, was downtown partying one night and my friend was supposed to be my DD or DDD designated drunk driver, <laughs> which is terrible. But I mean, like she was supposed to be driving my car and, um, we ended up in, I live in Memphis, right? Okay. Right outside of Memphis and Tennessee. We ended up across the Mississippi river bridge in Arkansas with my car crashed into a fire hydrant. We ran through a red light and I woke up with my car crashed into a fire hydrant with cops surrounding my car. She got a DUI. I could have 1000% could have been killed. Like it is by the grace of God. We got over the Mississippi bridge, went through some stoplight and crashed and wrecked my car, you know? And it's just like, he tells us these these things to protect us. He knows when we're highly intoxicated at all, like we will make decisions that are not good for us. Mm -hmm. But I just want to say like, you know, I was with a guy for like four years on and off, on and off. I just, I feel like I need to share this for the girls that maybe are in a relationship that they know they probably really don't need to be in. I have been 
you, I have been there. That is actually a huge part of my testimony that I left out. Um, you know, we partied together all the time and all the things, and it just wasn't, it was a toxic relationship. It just wasn't healthy. And the Lord kept, what'd you call it earlier? Tugging at my heart. This is before I even gave my life to the Lord. Like he kept tugging at my heart, like get out of this relationship, get out of this. This is not good. And I knew it was like, over time, I knew that I knew if I, if I didn't get out of it, I was going to marry this guy and I was going to be miserable. Like it was going to be bad, but I couldn't make myself get out of it. I really could not because I was so attached and so attached to his family and, you know, all the things. And it is only by the strength of the Lord that he, like, he gave me the strength to break up with him. Even before I had fully given my life to like, that's how good God is. Like he is still after your heart. He's still after that one lost sheep, even when you're going your own way, you know? And, um, and I just want to say like, the Lord gave me the strength to get out of that relationship And had he not, I would not have my amazing, godly Christian husband now. And that I have a wonderful relationship with, you know, who treats me awesome. Um, And so I just want to encourage like the woman that may be feeling like you're trapped because it does feel like that. Sometimes you don't have to settle for less than God's best for you. And if you feel that tugging on your heart, and I feel like this is honestly a whole another episode, but yeah. if you feel that tugging on your heart, listen to it. It literally got to the point to me where my spirit was so disrupted every time I was around him that I wanted to cry. Like I remember feeling disgusted inside, like mm-hmm. Sydney, you've got to stop. You've got to get out of this. And I kept ignoring it for so long, but thank God he kept pursuing me because he knew what was best for me. And he got me out of that. And now, you know, I had to go through this long period of singleness. Was that always fun? No, of course not. But I look back, I'm so thankful for it, for how I grew in the Lord at that time. And me and my husband both needed our time of singleness for God to align our paths at the the perfect time. And so, yeah. yeah. When I think even we can, you know, close up on this to to remind ourselves that, you know, God doesn't only save or heal or show up for the believer. He, he truly does still go after the unbeliever as well. Now there's a difference and we won't go too much into that as like defying him and just lost. There is a difference. Yeah. And, but he does go after the loss. And so just, I know for me, I felt like I was alone in Christ whenever I was like, well, I haven't read my Bible or I haven't been to church in a while. You know, God is still there for you at the bar, when you're in bed with the boy, you're not supposed to, when you're having those suicidal thoughts, when you're speaking very terrible things about yourself, whatever thing it's happening where you feel like you just can't get out of, or that you just keep committing that sin over and over. He's with you every single time. And I think that's something me and your testimony have in common is that there was just this little spirit of like, something has to change. And I know I've had so many conversations, which I'm sure you have too, with women who are like, I just know something's wrong. Y'all, that is the Holy Spirit. That is literally Jesus tugging at your heart. And if no one's ever told you that, we are here to tell you that right now. Anytime you're in a scenario or even when you're in a place and you're like, something doesn't feel right, that is Jesus. Like there is a Holy Spirit that follows you because he loves you and he, he wants to take care of you. And you do have access to that. Like we do have access to that as his children. So it's just a reminder that wherever you're at in your season, there's, there's change that can happen to where 
you don't have to live the way that you're living anymore. And there's no condemnation in that, but there is just that little step by little step that you can then look back on your life and be like, whoa, like, mm-hmm. how am I here now? Cause I ask, I ask myself that all the time. I'm just like, how did I get here? You know? And I'm just like, thank you, God, seriously. Thank yeah. you. I just, I didn't actually think it was possible, you know? And I know even for you, I'm sure you feel that way this, you know, same way. You're just like, yeah, thank God. Literally. There's literally no other explanation for me being here right now and like being here alive on this planet and also like being here where I am with, you know, my wonderful marriage and all the things the Lord's blessed me with. Like there's no way without there being a God (laughs) And, and that God is Jesus Christ. It's not the universe. It is Jesus Christ. He came to die for your sins. He came and lived in the flesh. Um, and he loves you. He wants, he wants a relationship with you. Mm, That's so good. Well, do you want to pray over anyone that's going through this? Yep. Heavenly father, I lift up the woman that will be under the sound of my voice. When she hears this podcast, I pray that you help her through whatever her struggle is, whether it's a sin, whether it's, you know, an addiction, an idol, whatever it may be, God, deliver her from that in Jesus name. I just, I take authority over the unclean spirit that is trying to cause disrupt in her life. And I command it to flee in the mighty, powerful name of Jesus Christ. Lord, I thank you for giving her peace, for giving her hope for her future, for helping her to see how much you love her, that you are with her, that you are for her Lord and help her to reach out to you. And Lord, if she's not saved already, if she's never given her life to you, then I pray that right now she will just say this prayer with me and that she'll just say, Lord, I give you my life, Jesus. I believe that you died on the cross for me, for my sins, to pay the price that I would would never be able to pay. When I deserved hell for all of eternity, you came, Jesus, and you saved me. And I give you my life. I give you my life. I want to live for you. And Lord, I just, I lift up that woman that just prayed that prayer and, um, yeah, teach her, let, let godly women come alongside her that, um, will teach her more about you and your word and your love for her and who she truly is in you and let her walk in the boldness of that in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening in this week. Just for hanging out with us. We want to give you a free gift. Go to withinhersoul.co slash freebie to grab your free quiet time template. This will be your guide during your alone time with Jesus. You'll journal your highs and lows, record your prayers, and you'll be able to express how you feel the Lord is speaking to you every time you spend time with Him. It's extremely helpful if you're needing some guidance on how to find a quiet time routine that works for you. And before you go, make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you don't ever miss a new episode. You can also catch us at withinhersoul.co on Insta. We'd love for you to message us and let us know how we can pray for you. This is the Within Her Soul podcast. We can't wait to chat with you next week. See you then.